We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Thank you all so much for being with us tonight. Welcome back to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. Everybody joining us online, thank you so much for coming back to us or finding us after some random cat video. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that Jesus is here. I'm so glad about that. And I'm glad to share the word of Jesus with you today. Merry Christmas, everyone. It is, we are in the throes of the Christmas season. We all know it. There is no hiding from it. It is everywhere. There are lights, music, all the trappings of the season. But that does not mean that everything is right in the world. Nod your head, right? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we as Christians, you know, we're just kind of like, well, you know, everything's okay because God's on his throne. Listen, God is on his throne, but the world is a mess. And I'm a mess. <laughs> and I, we need God. And, and just because, you know, it's beginning to look like Christmas is, is on the radio doesn't mean that my life is any better. Okay, y'all, y'all okay, all right with that. I'm the only one struggling. Uh, life is like that, and, and that's why we need something more than a season with tinsel, right. and something more than an artificial tree. Yes. We need something more, and uh, we want not to just make this season merry and bright. We want our lives to be merry and bright by being filled with hope, love, joy, and peace. There are a lot of areas of our life that need fixing. Last week, we talked about the darkness that is in our world. And has become front and center. You can't get away from the darkness. I actually looked up some uh, dark things that happened in Plano just the last week. And it was too dark to even share with y'all. Pray for me. It was like really hard. It was like just down the road. Someone was gunned down in the middle of the street. Plano, Texas. Affluent, sweet Plano, Texas. That where everybody's doing pretty good in Plano, Texas. We're above, most people are above the poverty line, right? Like, like that Plano, Texas? Yeah, yeah. Guy just found shot in the head. We don't know if it was execution style or whatever. It was just on uh, Parker Road. Anybody know where Parker Road is? Yes, right out there. <laughs> that, that's the kind of stuff that, that's going on. We're, we're living in a, in a dark world. We talked, however, about a light that pushes out the darkness and it leaves us with hope. Today, I want to talk to you about freeze-proofing your life. We're living in dark times, but we can also say it like this. We're living in cold times. There's lack of love. There's a lack of love in our, in our culture. People have frozen hearts, cold as stone. People are numb, and that sometimes uh, we don't even notice it because we're the ones with cold hearts. And we're the ones with numb hearts. And sometimes we don't even notice all this coldness around us. Social media. The way we treat others on social media is absolutely shocking. Y'all agree? Yeah. All right, good, good. People will rip one another in hurtful ways. And it makes me wonder if we still remember that we're actually talking to other human beings on, on the other side of the binary code. Yeah. Right? It's zeros and ones, but there's a person on the other side of the screen and what are we doing to these people, right? Gosh. Uh, family, the way we treat each other at home is incredibly disappointing. We value entertainment more than we do family. Friends. Some of the people we call friends are lonely and we don't even 
they don't even know that they don't have to be alone. Some of your friends are lonely and they don't know that they can call you. They don't know that they can, they're going through crazy stuff in their brain and they don't know that they could meet up with you and tell all their garbage and you look at them and say, of course you're not crazy. You're going through a lot. They don't know that. They have grown accustomed to the loneliness and we have grown accustomed to not care, taking care of one another. How about this one? Generosity and care. It is all too easy for society to give 20 bucks to Starbucks. But good luck getting $20 from the same people to help their next door neighbor. A person in their neighborhood. As the song says, baby, it's cold outside. And like a cold draft, it gets in your house. The coldness of our world, it finds ways to get inside us. It gets inside our hearts. It gets inside our minds. It gets inside the words we say. Are you cold and unfeeling? Are the people around you cold and unfeeling? That is a problem. But how do we solve it? Someone just say amen if you know if it's a problem. Amen. All right, good, good. Good, I'm glad you know. During the Christmas season, we try to change our actions. Everyone said actions. Where this is an active time. It's like crazy too active, if you ask me. But we give gifts. Anybody need prayer about giving gifts, right? Somebody, there's a, there's a husband in here that's like, pray for me. I have no idea what to give for your wife. It is okay to come to the altar today and pray that prayer. Join with me. We'll hold hands. We'll pray together. Honey, what do you want? I don't know. All right. We decorate the, the actions. We are actually at, at the fluid house. We have not yet put out the tree. And we're like, there's a feeling, kids, don't, don't let this get back to your brothers. All right. We're dreading it. It's like it's this big box. And I'm already looking. I, I like putting it out. And it's nice. Let's take a picture in front of it. But I also have to put it up. And I hate that thing. And it's not okay to burn that plastic thing in effigy on your front porch. It's not okay. That's frowned upon. And we go to parties. And man, we had a great party last night for our dream team around here. That was so good. Oh my goodness. We had Jamaican brisket. Are you kidding? God is looking on us so favorably. But we've got parties and parties. Who's got a party to go to this week? Anybody? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Yeah, y'all got parties to go this week, right? Yeah, we even got a party at the church next week. Y'all are invited. Please come, please come, yeah. right? But uh, we got these parties. And then we may even volunteer our time and try to give generously. And there's all this action. There's just everybody needs something from us this time of year. Yet the change of behavior, the change in action does not mean that our heart is changed. You can change what you do, but not change your heart. And come December 26th, there will be no more gifts. There will be no more decor. Uh, there will be very few parties going on. Uh, there will be a, very, a lot fewer opportunities to volunteer. This is like the crux. This is the biggest part of the year where people are volunteering. At December 26th, it falls off the face of the planet. Everybody wants to put on a little Christmas outfit and go to the food bank before the 25th. But on 26th, everybody has trouble getting someone to come out. 
It, it becomes back to usual, back to the norm, back to, you know, we had action for a little bit. I want to tell you today that a change of action and then versus a change of heart. Everybody say action. action. Everyone say heart. heart. A change of action is difficult. I thought I'd get an amen on that because that is, <laughs> whoa. They say that changing your habits takes at least 21 days. Some say 60 or more days. I even saw some places that said, oh, forget about it. It's like 200 something days. It's like people can't even understand. But to change a habit is really, really difficult. There are some people that have worked all their life to change a habit. And they're worried that today is the day they lose all of their progress. There are some healthy habits you can form. But if you ever break that habit, you can be right back to square one. But if you change your heart... If you can change what's inside of you, if you can change the feeling that's inside, if you can change how your heart speaks and how your heart craves and how your heart uh, is, is longing for things, if you can change that, wow, now that will really change some things. Your heart then will affect your action. If you can change this heart, it will take care of the action. Your heart will actually stand up and say, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. You know, I should start doing this instead. Your heart will do that, but you've got to change your heart. Proverbs 4.23, really important verse for me. I recommend you borrow it if you want. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. Want to really change your actions? You got to change your heart because everything flows from your heart. And in fact, if you don't like your actions, back it up. It's really a heart issue because it's flown from your heart. If you don't like the words you're saying, back it up. Look at your heart. If you don't like the things you're looking at on the internet, you need to back it up and look at your heart. If you don't like the way you're treating people, if you don't like the way that you're being a slothful person, if you don't like the way you're being lazy, if you don't like the way that you aren't generous, all those things that we don't like about ourselves, it's not just about the action. It's about somebody help me the heart. Man looks on the actions, right? But God looks on the heart. Want to change the things you say? Change your heart. Matthew 12 and 34. This is Jesus. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We've got some gross things going on in our hearts. Some of the things we say and talk to each other. Luke 6 45, it tells us this. It's also Jesus. It says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. Who you are and what you do has everything to do with your heart. Want to be the good man? It starts with a good heart. Want to be the evil man? Don't do it. It starts with the heart. We all know that this is true. I, I would say even if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, even if you and Jesus are not like on speaking terms at the moment, I would tell you that you know deep down that there, this is right on. You know that what Jesus says about the heart, it's absolutely true. Perhaps uh, we should follow what Jesus teaches 
about the heart. And I, I really, that's one of my favorite things uh, to present to people that might be struggling with the whole faith thing. I'm like, have you seen what Jesus teaches? Why wouldn't you want this? And I think this is one of those things. What he teaches about the heart is something everybody's actually looking for. Cold times. We, we especially need to pay attention to our hearts during these cold times. I don't want to be vague, so I'm just going to come out and say it. We'll say it. You must do more than change your actions. You must change your heart. And this is everything that's wrong with the Christmas season. This is why Christmas falls woefully short. We seek a change of action, but not a change of heart. We say, well, we sang a couple of Christmas tunes. That's good enough, right? Well, we put a nativity out on the front lawn. We even plugged it in. It blinked. Jesus blinked on our front porch all night long. Aren't we really serving him? And we, we, we say this. These are the thoughts. And uh, we have these shirts. We will proudly wear them around. And I, if you have this shirt, proudly wear it around. Please, please, please. I'm not putting this out. But it says you can finish it because it's become cliche at this point. Jesus is the reason, the reason for, the for the season, right? Yeah. And whoa, what, it's, the shirt's not the problem. The, the problem is... As close as we get to fulfilling that is putting on the shirt. Jesus, help us. When we haven't loved someone, when we haven't forgiven someone, when we haven't clothed someone else, when we haven't gotten down and helped someone that was fallen and said, I know exactly where you are. Come with me. Come with me. That's the reason for the season. The reason for the season is not a clever slogan. The reason for the season is not plastic nativities. The reason for the season is a changed heart. Jesus, thank you, Lord God. We sing about it rather than have it transform our heart. We package it. We put it under the tree rather than let our heart be healed. We decorate the house rather than address the coldness that's in our house. It makes sense that we need to change our heart because our actions are wrong. That makes sense. My actions are wrong. I should change my actions. But sometimes we have the right action, but the wrong heart. The right action, but the wrong heart. It is easy to see our wrong actions and realize we need to change on the inside, but what is easily hidden is when we have the right action, but the wrong heart. And it's possible that this is exactly where you are living today. So let's check, right? You don't have to say this out loud. You don't have to write it down, but let's just take a little test here. Uh, If you want to show me, you can, but how many of you have not murdered someone this week? Let's start there. That's good. No one? I'm praying for this side of the church. We're working on it over here. Right. Oh, good. Good. No, because that would be wrong. Correct. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, how many of you have not stolen money from the Salvation Armor Worker with the bell and the red bucket? Wave your hands. Go be brave. Be brave. Oh, I'm cool. Man, I'm in the right place tonight. Let's praise the Lord. Right. Yeah. How about this one? 
you have not burnt down someone's house this week. Yes. Somebody, you're like, only this week, right? Only this week? You've not lied about a co-worker so they would be fired this week. Anyone? How about you've not cooked meth in your bathtub and sold it at the elementary school? No. Jake, I was watching. God, you waved that hand. It was just a one-time deal. <laughs> Tuition's hard to get, right? All right. For the most part, for the most part, our actions aren't that bad. We come to church, and we, most of the really outlandish things I say, and it's like, most of you go, oh, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. Oh, those people oh, that do that, those, they, they are the ones that have the real problems. When I preach about bad actions, usually, usually the few people doing the bad actions come to the front and they, they ask me to pray with them that they stop doing the bad actions. And when that happens, praise the Lord, miracles happen and that's great. It's wonderful. Drug addicts have been set free here. People that are sick have been healed here. People that are lost and lonely have found a friend in Jesus. These are things, these are things that happen. People have come up here with, with the bad action of unforgiveness and they've forgiven someone here and they've left here and they've gone to that person and God worked wonderfully in those things. But that's preaching about the bad actions. But usually... When I preach about bad actions, the entire church just stares at me like, bro, who are you preaching to? We aren't murdering people. We aren't murdering people. That's good. Leave that as a Google review. I'm doing a pretty good job serving the Lord. I've not murdered someone. So let me preach uh, to you that you can have the right actions but the wrong heart. No matter your actions, good or bad, your heart needs to be healthy. It needs to be clean. It needs to be pure. And it needs to be forgiven. Uh, to put all those in one word, your heart needs to be transformed. Your heart needs to be transformed. You see, doing all the right things, that's conformed. And conformed can be powerful, but the Bible says we are to be transformed in Jesus Christ by the renewing of our minds in Jesus Christ. Transformed is better. Guess what? You cannot conform your heart. You have to transform your heart. I'll say it again. You cannot conform your heart. You cannot conform your mind. You cannot. You've tried your life to do it. You need to be transformed. You need a brand new heart Here is what I mean by the wrong heart. I mean a simple word. It's motivation. Somebody say motivation. Motivation. The motivation behind the action is often overlooked. You'll have a lot of sermons about the bad action. And that will get people to an altar that are doing the bad action. But there are not enough sermons about the heart behind the bad action. So let's have it today. If you are doing all the right actions, but you're still miserable... But you're still lonely, you're angry, you're depressed, you're frustrated, you're injured without being healed. You might need to check your heart's motivation. Let's check this out. Form your answers this time in your mind. Do not wave this time. 
You can't stand your boss and you hate your job. Why do you keep going back to that job? Why not find a better job? Form the answer in your brain right now. You hate your job. You can't stand your boss. Why do you keep going back? Why not find a better job? You got that answer in your head? All right, next one. That person you're having a relationship problem with. Why don't you have the conversation you need to have? You know that one? You need to say this. You need to say, hey, would you sit down? I need to talk to you. And then you just have to say it. You know that one? And if you've tried before, because this relationship's so important, why not try again? Why not fix that answer in your head? What's your answer? What, what is that sentence? What's the reason you aren't doing that? That goal and dream you've been delaying and putting off. Why don't you start today? Fix that answer right now in your head. Get an actual sentence. Take note of it. That goal and dream. Why not start today? Lastly, I'll give you this one. The decisions your family is making that is unhealthy. How you spend time. How you spend money. How you eat. Why don't you come out and have that conversation? Why don't you try to change it? Get that sentence. What is it? Now, listen. It's a wild experiment here. There are a lot of variables. There are a lot of possible responses uh, you could have to these questions. But if you play close attention to your answer, you'll probably find a motivation that's guiding your life. It will reveal itself. Something like this. Why don't you quit and find a better job? You may have said something like this. I'm afraid that I won't find a better job. You might say, I'm afraid that we won't have enough money if I just go off and do something crazy like that. I'm, I'm worried about what my friends and family will think. Did anybody pick up on a motivation there? I said something three times. What did I say? I said, I'm afraid. I said, I'm afraid. And I said, I'm worried. What word did I repeat? Let's look on this one. Why don't you have that conversation that you know you need to have? Well, I'm afraid that they'll be angry. I'm sick thinking about how it won't do any good. And I'm worried that they will leave. There it is again. Did you see it? And these thoughts, are, are mental, our mental answers will actually reveal our motivation. What is the motivation behind the actions and the non-actions? Often, it is a fear motivation. And a fear motivation equals a wrong heart. Every time. A heart that's controlled by fear, that's a heart that's wrong. That's a heart that's not getting it right. That's an unhealthy situation. If you've got fear in your life, that's unhealthy. If you're doing the right actions, but you're doing them from the wrong motivation. From the motivation of fear, you have the wrong heart. We're talking the right answers. We're talking the right things. We're saying the right things. We are giving the right amount of money. We're taking the right amount of time to go do something. But we're doing it. From a motivation of fear, that is a wrong heart. Are you doing the right thing from the wrong motivation today? 
You can come to church and worship from the wrong motivation. Somebody nod to me if you know that's true. Yeah. Fear of hell is not a reason to worship. Some people come to church because, well, you know, if I don't go this week and I die on a Tuesday, I've heard it. I know that exists. That is out there. Well, if I don't come, you know, sister so-and-so is going to think poorly of me. And then that's a fear motivation. And so you could come do the right thing. You could come mumble through the song. You could come lift your hands at whatever appropriate height you want to, 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 to lift them at. And have the wrong heart. You can serve at Redemption Church from the wrong motivation. Fear of what others think is no reason to serve. Listen, we mentioned going through next steps and getting involved here at the Dream Team. I want to clear this up right now. It is wrong for you to do that because you're afraid of what I think of you. Here's what I think of you. You're awesome. Please keep coming back because I love hanging out with you. That's what I think. That's the truth. And if you don't think so, invite me to hang out with you outside of Sunday. I am there. Okay? But, but if you think I've got to do that because, well, you know... Marshall asked me to do this, and if I don't do this, he's going to think I don't love Jesus. He's going to think I'm going to hell, and for some reason, that really bothers me, and so I will go do that. That's doing the right thing for the wrong motivation, the wrong reason, and ultimately the wrong, somebody help me, the wrong heart. Fear motivation equals the wrong heart, so we need a new motivation. We need a new heart. The answer for fear is not bravery or courage. If you want to know what the opposite of fear is, it is not guts. It's not boldness. It's not being strong. That's not the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear, I think, is very biblical, is love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. I want to tell you that a love motivation, that's the right heart. A heart that's filled with love, that that's the reason you're doing the things you're doing. That's the right heart. We need the right actions and the right motivations. So let's try this again. We're going to try it again, all right? Here here we go. Listen, why not find a better job? You You hate that job. You don't like the boss. What would a right heart say there? Maybe it would say this. I keep going back to that job because I love my family. And I'm happy that I can provide for them. Even if that's not the ideal job, I'm not just going to leave that job. There was a time I prayed for that job and I was really thankful for that job. And I love God that he has provided a way for me to provide for my family. What did we repeat over and over there? Love, love, love. Why, why, have, why have that difficult conversation? You know it's going to be difficult. Why have it? Because I love them and I want to help them and I want to see them succeed and I want to see them be healthy and I see the things that are going wrong and I love, love now is your motivation to enter into an unpleasant conversation. Why not start your goal today? And sometimes it's not the day to start the goal and here would be why. Love requires other things from me at the moment. Right now I'm busy. I want to start that goal. The day's going to come when I start that goal. 
but you know, I really need to spend time over here. And right now in this season of my life, I, I need to go invest over here. What is that? Somebody say it. That's a love. Motivation. Perhaps you don't need to change your action today. But change your motive. Listen, maybe you're already doing the right thing. Part of that feels pretty good, right? But there's still reason to seek after God. There's still reason to pray. Because ultimately, you might need a heart change today. Is that enough of a reason today to talk to God? For me, it is. Is that enough of a reason to pray with one another that our hearts would be motivated by the right things? Is that reason enough to repent and ask God to forgive you for doing the right things for the wrong reasons? I hope you feel like yes on all that. Shifted a little bit. Come at it from another angle. Here it is. Wouldn't it be terrible to walk into your job and say, Boss, I showed up to this lousy job and your poor management skills because I'm afraid that I can't get a better job. I do not recommend saying that. Jeff knows not to do that now. Just kidding, Jeff. He's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you, that would be really bad, right? We, We can all see that. It would be better to show up because of love. You want to provide for your family, whom you love. You work for your boss. Listen, not just for a paycheck, but because you care about his life, his future, and even his soul. Yes, Christian, you're supposed to care about that lousy boss, too. You're supposed to care about the lousy co-worker, too. You're supposed to even care about Doris, who's always complaining about your work. Doris. You may be even underpaid. Listen, let's talk about underpayment. There's people that, that, that are underpaid and everyone feels underpaid. Can I get an amen? amen? Oh, we feel underpaid. I've got kids in my house and they're like, they feel underpaid. We're having these conversations every, every day. But you may feel underpaid, but just think of the love things that you can do with your paycheck. Think about those things. What you can do with your paycheck that could love someone. So you get that check instead of like looking at it and being angry and feeling sour and feeling bitter. Instead, look at it as I've got this much opportunity to use this as a way to love someone else. Wouldn't it be terrible if I came home at the end of the day and I told my sweet, wonderful, forgiving wife, I did not commit adultery today because I was afraid of how you would react. <laughs> Honey, I'm home. I, I, didn't, I didn't go be with another woman today because I know how you are. <laughs> you think my wife would go, oh, you didn't commit adultery today. What a man I have married. The Lord has given me a man, right? I, I think, I hope we can all come into agreement that it would be so much better to say, honey, you are the only one for me because I love you. Yes. And I won't go anywhere else because I love you. I am not serving you out of a fear of what you would say. 
I am saying no to everything else because I love you. Now that sounds ridiculous, but there's a lot of people that the reason, the only reason they are being truthful in their marriage at this point is their heart's long gone, but they don't want to cause a divorce. They've, they've fallen out of love. They aren't loving and they aren't serving each other. That's the thing. Wouldn't it be terrible to tell God? Okay, God. Well, I came to church today. I hope you're happy. God, I came to church today. Now the least you could do is just answer a prayer. Right? It would be way better to say, here I am, God. I want more of you. I want to love you with all my heart, with all your, my mind, with all my strength, and with all my soul. Your life is best when you do the right things for the right reasons. And that right reason is love. I recently, I recently had coffee with someone uh, that no one here knows. And I mean it. Look in my eyes. I mean it, absolutely. Nobody here knows this person. Only me. Okay. It's one of those things. He's like, I bet he's talking about Rick. No, I'm not talking about Rick. Okay. I had coffee recently with someone here no one knows and they opened up to me about their depression and sadness in their marriage and they told me Chris I'm doing all the right things I clean the house I take care of the kids I welcome my wife at the end of the shift I am there for her but I feel just forgotten I feel like I am not Loved and they now feel cold and numb and distant and unappreciated. What's going on? They are doing all the right things. Every one of the things they're doing is commendable, but how they feel is terrible and they're headed nowhere good. Even though they're doing all the right things. Are y'all with me? They were doing the right things, but for the wrong reason. They were doing the right thing in order to receive something transactionally. A quid pro quo. A this for that transaction. Can I tell you that is not love. And it is ultimately ruled by fear. Because when you are not getting an even scale return, now you're afraid that somehow you're getting cheated. I do this, but then they do this. I do this, wanting them to do this, but this they never do. And I keep doing this. And then I get so bitter about it. Chris, I wonder why am I even doing this? It's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy. And what, what, what's really bad is because they're doing it from the wrong heart, they're about ready to give up doing the right things. Oh, you really want to see it in. It all ends when someone no longer has the heart or the right action. Then it's just divorce. It is. There it is. Not a single amen, but still true. I want everyone who hears me to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do it. Do it. Do it. Repeat it. Over and over. Do the right thing. Always do the right thing. But make sure that you are doing it for the right reason. The right reason. 
the right reason. I told this friend real quick before I go to the next point. I told this friend, I told my friend, I said, you have got to do this for the right reason. And if you are doing the right thing for the right reason, even if you, what you are expecting to have, by the way, expectation robs you from love. Because expectation immediately turns into a transactional uh, mindset. But if you will do this just because you love her with no strings attached, you'll never have an argument. You'll never have a worry. Instead, all the things you're doing are not to purchase something from your wife. But here's my gift of love. This is me loving you. I love you. I love you. And I love you. That, that is freeing. That is life giving. So what's your right thing? And what's your right reason? You need to know that today. Think about those things today. What's your right thing? Everybody listening online, get that right in your heart. What's your right thing? What's the right thing? What's your right reason? If you figure this out, I want to tell you, you will have a merry life repair. If you and your spouse work on this together, if you will bring love into your career and into your pursuits, if you will bring love into all the areas of your life and the things you do, you will have a life that causes other people to say, they will say these things. They will say, what's going on with you? And what's your secret? How are you the way that you are? You're doing these right things, but when I do the right things, I feel so beat down. But you're doing the right things, and you're happy about it. You actually wrote a check for somebody else and felt good about it. How is that? What is that? You went and served somebody. You served somebody, and it was not a rewarding experience. How are you so happy about it. If you will do these things, people will come up to you. You will ask them. They will ask you those things. And then you get to tell them about Jesus. Because they just asked. And he's the reason. He's the reason that we do the right things from the right heart. Isn't it? Isn't it true? If you are sold on this idea of doing the right thing for the right reason, then you ought to be open to hearing about Jesus. Because Jesus did the right thing for the right reason. You know why he taught? Jesus taught so he could write a book and then go on a book tour and go from church to church selling his books. Oh my gosh, does that happen in our church world? It happens everywhere. Like gosh. No, that's not why he taught. He taught because he saw people that were lost and they were confused. And he had the answer. Why did he heal? So he could then open up stadiums and charge people to come to his healing ministry. No, no, not at all. He healed people because they were sick and he loved them. That's why he healed. Going on. Why, why did he hang out with those people? Why did he do that? Those people that other people didn't want to hang out with. He hung out with those people. Why? What was his motivation? What are you up to? And see, that's where the Pharisees were. The Pharisees didn't understand it at all because they didn't understand that was the right thing. And they didn't have the right heart. They had no clue what was going on. Religious people often don't get it. That's right. I said it. How about why he listened? You know, he listened to people. There are places in your Bible where Jesus does the unthinkable thing in the, un- in the, uh, in the ancient world. He listened to women. He valued what women said. 
He goes to the woman at the well and he listens to her. There she's two things. She's a woman and a foreigner. A third thing, she's married multiple times and he listened to her. What's that all about? That's where the Pharisee says, because he's a no good sinner and a wine bibber. That's what they would say about it. No, here's why. He loved that woman. He loved that person. He served. He, there's a place in your Bible where he puts on an apron. Do you ever picture Jesus in an apron? He puts on an apron. He gets down on the ground. He takes a bowl of water and he washes the feet of dirty, stinky fishermen. He serves. He gets down on the ground. He writes in the dirt to rescue a woman caught in the act of adultery. He gets down. He gets mud and somehow he heals a man that's blind. He serves people. He serves people. Why does he do it? What's the motivation? What's this Jesus up to? Oh my gosh, he loves them. And how does he get all these crowds that are following him? Because they can trust him. The Pharisees didn't have crowds following after them. Not at all. Actually, when the Pharisees walked in, you were either wanting to be in their power circle, that's why we would hang out, or you would get out of there like, oh, they're going to, there they come. Don't, don't look at them because they're going to. Are, do, do your friends feel that way about your Christianity? Do your friends feel that way about your religion? Because if they do, that is, not, that is a misrepresentation of the Jesus who came to serve. He came to do the right things from the right heart. And when it was on display, everybody's like, I want to follow this guy. I trust him. And then why did he come to you? Do you realize why he came to you? Did all the right things for you? Anybody, do, anybody know Jesus did some right things for you? Yeah. Amen. Why did he do that? Because he wants your he wants your offering. He wants you to. He is that desperate for your praise that he's doing those things. He wants you to give a check in the offering. That's why he's doing it. He wa- no, not at all. And you know that's like, you know that is laughably untrue. Right. He did all those right things because his heart for me is so pure. And it's so right. And it's so unlike mine. So why did he go on the cross? You talk about a right thing that looked wrong at the moment. But it was the right thing and he did it. And on that cross he prays, Father, forgive them. Who's them? All of them. All them. Somebody say all them. them. Somebody say all All (laughs) y'all. Father, forgive all of them. For they know not what they do. Jesus did all the right things. And when I say all the right things, I mean all the right things. All of them. Scripture says that he had no sin. He never did the wrong thing. Not once. Not for a moment. He always did the right thing. And no one else can say that about them. I cannot say that about me this week. As impressive as it is that Jesus did all the right things, maybe it is more impressive that he always did the right things. For the right reasons. And I think that's pretty praiseworthy of our Jesus. Amen. I'm going to point your attention very quickly back to our scripture memory. Listen, we're, we're coming to a close. We're, we're, I'm going to bring up the worshiping in just a moment. But this is our scripture memory. And I, I couldn't help but notice it really taught something to us. Let's read it. First Timothy, uh, first Titus, not first, Titus. Three and four says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior appeared, verse five, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his 
mercy. So when Jesus appeared, that's when kindness and love appeared. And that's actually when God appeared. Do you see all that? When Jesus walks in, love walks in. When Jesus is seen, love is seen. All right. That's his motivation. That's what he was doing, love. Every bit of the way. But here is what, that's, that's motivation. Now let's talk about what he did. Here's what he did. It says he saved us. What did he do? Somebody tell me. He saved us. One more time. So I have your attention. What did he do? He saved us. Why? Not because of our righteous things that we have done. Because that would be transactional. Well, because you've done righteous things. And Christians, we fall into this all the time. I've done the righteous thing. I've done the good thing. I learned this memory verse. I went to church. I gave in the offering. I served uh, in the pre-service thing. I, I did all these things. No, no, no. He did these things not because of the righteous things we had done. But because of his mercy, it was all done from the motivation of love. The right thing he did was love. And the right reason was love. I'm going to ask our our musicians to come. Somebody say love motivation. motivation. Somebody say right right heart. I want us to take time to consider our actions in our heart today. What's our motivation? What are the right things? What's the right heart? What's the part of my life that needs some some fixing? We live in cold times or uncaring times or unfeeling times. And Redemption Church, as followers of Jesus, we need to do the right things. And we need to do them for the right reasons. What What if most of your frustration, anger, and depression is not that you're doing the wrong thing? And maybe that's a comfort to you, but it should be. Maybe what you're feeling is not a result of you doing the wrong things. But however, maybe it's because you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Wrong actions? Do you have the wrong actions? Then that that would be something to pray about. Do you have the wrong heart? That's something to talk to God about. Right actions but a wrong heart and that one's really tricky to oversee. But that would be a reason to pray tonight. I want to invite you to come talk to the one who always does the right thing for the right reason. Jesus always loves. These altars are open if you want to come pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, you just come right up here at the front. We'll pray with you. We have communion set up. Maybe this is a time to take communion. And you, as you take communion, you take that bread and you say, Jesus, everything you did with your body was right. And it was for love and receive it. And, and your blood that was just sinless yet shed on a, on a thief's cross. It was so right. And your heart was so right. And you received that. Maybe you need to take time to pray. Maybe you pray together in, in your family. Maybe you just take time to say, God, you know my heart. Surrender your heart. altars are open why don't you come father in Jesus name I pray for everybody in this room and I pray for my friends watching listening online God get a hold of our hearts God it's not enough for us to do the right thing 
we got to have the right heart. Jesus, your love in us, it gives us a transformed heart. It gives us a heart that feels. It gives us a heart that, that doesn't want to do the wrong thing, but always wants to do the right thing and wants to do it out of love. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's talk to God in this house. 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.